Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And uh, let me tell you who is bringing us this show. And, uh, you know, you know, check that. Let me tell you how I'm feeling very quickly here. It's easier in this country now for moms to get fentanyl for their babies than it is baby milk. Oh, but if you're an illegal alien, you can get all the uh, baby formula that you want. This is insane. Uh, today, Biden ordered Governor Ducey of Arizona to take down the railroad cards that were blocking the border. If nothing is more exposed than the agenda, I don't know what is. And uh, I have suggested publicly today that Ducey station in the National Guard. Let's have a standoff. Bring them on, Biden. Bring them on and you'll see the citizen militia show up. Sick of this crap. And the other thing they should do is a backup plan is put railroad cars on the first set of private properties back-to-back because then the federal government can't say, that's your property. That's our property. You can't do that. Um, Listen, folks, they're coming after your food. They're coming after your water. They've now admitted they're chemtrailing the skies. It's no longer conspiracy theory stuff. Now they're admitting it directly out of the White House. Oh, we got to reflect radiation. You know, why they lower crop yields, 18%. That's what's happened since they started chemtrailing. Uh... Let me tell you how we're countering. They're collapsing the economy. We know that. They're doing everything they can do. In fact, we got Germany going on in Michigan right now with record low temperatures. And Gretchen Whitmer is trying to cut off the uh, natural gas and propane from Canada in the pipeline while, while her citizens are freezing. Do I have to say more? We're on our own. Because you're on your own, you have to do three things. Number one get storable food. How much? There's no set amount anymore. It's as much as you can possibly get. Uh, My MPS has a great deal on the three-month special, three-month special, $250 off. They haven't raised rates. They got specials. Can you believe that? Go to a restaurant and show me a restaurant hasn't raised rates. Well, they haven't. It's a great product. Go to preparewithdave.com. Water. They're going after the water supply by using weather modification. Don't give me the conspiracy theory crap. Nick Begich nailed this with patents over 30 years ago in a book he wrote called Angels Don't Play This Harp. Uh, The Air Force owning the weather, 2025, I know a signatory on that. I know exactly what they can do. I published the document that was given to me. It's on my website, thecommonsenshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, they are coming after the water. They're drying up the Mississippi by moving the jet stream. They are also drying up the Southwest and Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, California, we're without water. Oh, but no restrictions on the Mexicans as our water crosses into their land. You're going to have to scavenge, folks, so you need a water filter. The Alexa Pure Pro water filter is the best there is. They, too, have not raised their rates. They, too, have a special, and they have research that shows why they're number one. Go to waterwithdave.com. That's waterwithdave.com. And the third in this trifecta, and actually there's a fourth I'm going to throw at you too, is Noble Gold. Noble Gold has been with me for four years, or I've been with them. I've advertised for five. Noble Gold plays defense. They absolutely diversify you to where if you take a hit in one area, you won't in another. They specialize in converting IRAs from banks where you're going to lose them soon into gold-backed where you'll never lose them. They also will diversify you in various precious metals. And now they're also playing offense. Silver is ready to explode. Like it or not, no matter if it's a scam or not, 
the green cult uses silver above all else for the green new deal silver is ready to explode noble gold is going to put you in position to make a lot of money now of course i got to say this here past earnings have no reflection on future earnings and investing is a risk if i had to tell you that and you just heard this for the first time you need to get out of the house more often but anyway that's my official disclaimer from the ftc also too uh digital i'm telling you right now folks not the digital satanic crap i'm talking about uh, bitcoin i'm talking crypto i'm talking my digital money it's beginning to explode as i predicted and this is an asset if you hold on the long term you're going to make a lot of money they also have a crypto roth ira that when you take the money out you will not pay tax hello 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 you will not pay tax the 87,000 irs agents can't touch you so how do you get to my digital money well dave crypto ira dave crypto ira.com you need to take advantage of what we're bringing to you so you can protect your nest egg that's the last two protect your basic resources that's the first two uh as i'm telling you folks the day's coming to an end this is one of the more serious broadcasts that we have done and every day we're serious but this is the doug and dave intel report we have doug thornton here doug is a combat veteran multiple combat veteran I uh, have seen references to Red Dawn being on TV channels five times since June. I suspect it's more. They're trying to tell us something. When Brazil, Bolsonaro, loses the election in Brazil, Brazil will join the other communist nations that have been taken over largely by China, some by Russia, and they'll be marching north when the war starts. You'll be fighting enemies in your own cities. You'll be fighting on American soil might want to go to the website and look up an article I wrote called the non the nine pronged invasion of America and this came from not me high-level military people that I know helped me put this together and it's still in play and Red Dawn is one of them and uh, I just thought it was important to have Doug Thornton come on and have him talk about his combat experience because most people glorify their experience with combat is what they did in the backyard when they were 10 years old. Uh, I need you to hear what combat's like. And then when they come into your city, what's going to happen? And what you probably should be preparing to do. Doug, I'm just going to throw it to you and occasionally ask a question. Well, it's hard to uh, begin. Um <clears throat> I guess the best place really to start is the beginning for me, Dave. I joined the Marine Corps when I was 17. I joined the uh, the DEP or Pooley program. And by the time I was 18, graduating high school, I was off into boot camp in San Diego MCRD. Um, three months of a lovely vacation of boot camp, wondering why I never joined the Air Force or went to college. And then I was in the School of Infantry for two months, two and a half months. And after that, I went to the Marine Corps fleet, was uh, stationed in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, uh, K-Bay is uh, the actual area where we're at, Kaneohe Bay. And, um, you know, I spent my four years there uh, with 3rd Battalion, 3rd Marines. And I was with Kilo Company, 2nd Platoon. I served anywhere from a saw gunner, team leader, um, squad leader, platoon sergeant, uh, acting company gunny for a little bit 
Um, so I, I had uh, various different roles. Um, deployed to Iraq twice. I was in Fallujah and Ramadi. I was in Fallujah 2007, early 2007, uh, all the way to the beginning of 2008. Uh, it was a very long deployment and because we got extended during our deployment and then went back in 2009 to Ramadi. Uh, we were actually working up for 2009 to go to Afghanistan, but things changed and we ended up going uh, to Ramadi. There was a guy that was in my platoon that some people may have heard of. Uh, won the Medal of Honor, uh, Dakota Meyer. Oh, oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, there's in, I will say this, that, I think uh, I think the the majority of people in America are grateful for their the men and women that serve in the service. Uh, I've really only ever received a couple you know bad remarks about being in the service. Um, but you know besides that, you know people are always very charitable. Uh, they love their servicemen uh, and women here in America. We always get great support, but the support that you don't get comes from PTSD. Uh, the support that you don't get is when you're at home dealing with your demons by yourself or even drinking with your friends, and that's when things get worse. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, combat is much more than just pulling uh, the trigger at some random-ass person. You have to deal with combat 24-7 because the first time you've experienced combat your mind will just randomly flip back to that experience or whichever series of experiences. Um, and, you know, sometimes that'll be like whenever you're just hanging out with your wife and kids and then bam, you know, you're, you're taking a walk down memory lane. Uh, but, you know, combat, actual combat, and then what is portrayed in the movies um, and the way the politicians talk about it, are very, very different. Uh, if you want actual combat, just you know, go on freaking YouTube and look up Iraq-Afghan war. Uh, look up the war that's happening right now in Ukraine. Uh, you know, it's a, a good one to always go to is Vietnam and World War II. History Channel always has something on there, but there, nothing in video ever captures what an actual firefight is because you don't get the adrenaline, you don't get, uh, you know, your your lungs pumping so hard that you can't formulate words and your mind not working well enough to even remember hand signals. You just know to run from A to B and then from C and, oh, man, I got to keep my head down. And, you know, uh, you're trying to have situational awareness and also trying just to run after your buddies and follow them. Um you know, in, in firefights, depending on what is happening, things get sporadic. Things can be, um, you know, a little challenging. Sometimes they can be very entertaining, um, especially if you have the advantage. If you don't have the advantage and you've been ambushed, I'll give you one quick example. Probably, I think it was the first or second day that we uh, ripped out with 27 Foxtrot in uh, Karma, Iraq, which is a part of northern Fallujah. It was the last last area, which is where Saddam's Ba'athist party was. And they were torturing and killing the population there, and we were there to help liberate them. And by the time we got there, I think 2-7 Foxtrot had already lost seven or eight guys uh, killed in action. 
And then we showed up. Uh, I think throughout the entire deployment, we only had one guy that was uh, killed. But we had, you know, many, many hurt. And, and getting hurt is just a part of, uh, it's a part of combat. Um, you know, I, I severely screwed up my right ankle. Uh, hairline fracture, more or less, but now my, my right ankle deflection is almost gone. Uh, and I can't stand right on it, which has affected my my knee to my hip to my lower back. And so it's a constant pain. Um, but, you know, the other part of that is just the, the, the simple bumps and, and aches and groans of combat. You know, uh, people don't think about this whenever they listen to a bunch of the, no offense to anyone else out there, but a bunch of the tactical guys and then, you know, the whole John Wick movie series and, and all this crap <laughs> is that they they don't realize that when you're running through a street that there has been a recent firefight in or a, or a freaking battle in is that there's broken glass everywhere. And if you fall down, have you ever had glass in your hand? It is horrible. Well, if you don't wear gloves and sometimes it just goes right through it. Well, now you got glass in your hands, so that hurts. And now you got to grip your rifle. And now that hurts. And now you got to climb. And now that hurts. So every little hurt, every little pain slows you down, wears you down, makes you tired, makes you irritable, makes you not think the way you should be. And staying frosty is no longer really an option. So one of the reasons why uh, in the Marine Corps, we chain smoked like champs. I mean, I think whenever I think <laughs> when I was 19 in Iraq, my first deployment, uh, I probably smoked four to five packs of Marlboro Reds a day just to stay calm, to stay awake. Um, you know, we didn't always have the best food, nor did we always have food. Um, there, you know, there are times where you kind of, you know, run short on food every now and then. That's a rarity, but it does happen. Or you run short on water and you're having to ration water and uh, you haven't, you know, like our first, uh, our first, I think it was two months or three months we were there. Um, it was, you know, baby white bass and, and bottle bottle, uh, water bottle bass. Excuse me. Uh, so, you know, for the first two or three months that we were there, we didn't bathe. So, oh, brother. you know, and, and hey, guess what happens whenever you're, you're a stinky, nasty person? You get sick. You get nasty sick. You get guys getting freaking mold growing on their clothes. Uh, you know, we, we had a, uh, a janitor's mop bucket, right? And we would put our camis and our silkies and, and our PT gear, which is what you wear, you know, your, your shirt, your, your, uh, your underwear, your shorts, your freaking socks. And we would put it in, I think if I'm correct, we only had two of these mop buckets, like the yellow janitorial mop buckets. And we would put our clothes in there with pine sole because that's the only thing we had. And that's how we cleaned our clothes for a couple of months. And then eventually we got hooked up to where uh, one of the convoys would stop by like once a month, I think. And they would actually take your clothes and bring it to Camp Fallujah and it would get professionally washed and clean and then sent back to you. Uh, but that, you know, I mean, you're wearing the same socks for three or four days in a row, the same shirt, uh, the same pants. You know, it, it gets nasty, especially when it was like 130, 140 degrees for like a month or two. Yeah, it got really, really bad. Uh, the salt was so bad in some of our camis that you could literally put it outside. And if you came back outside 
like to hang your your uh, your uh, uh, top out, right? So like our our cami blouse. So we would hang it outside, and he would come back to get it, and it was like cardboard, just frozen cardboard, stiff as a rock because of all the salt. Uh, and here's another thing. With that amount of salt being depleted from your body and you sweating it out, you know what you also get? Extraordinarily bad, painful heat rash. You know what happens when it's 120 degrees at night, sometimes 110 and you have heat rash, you can't sleep. Uh, if anything, you can't sleep well. And there's no amount of of baby wipes that can take care of that pain. It has to be a shower. Um, so, and every time we actually got a shower trailer, uh, the Iraqis would bomb it. So it's like they really hated us. They didn't really try to kill us. It was like a demoralization thing. They would bomb our freaking shower trailer, which would turn us into to maddened criminals, and we would go out and try to terrorize the uh, – the Al the Al Qaeda guys every time we found them because like why why would you always try to destroy the one thing we want which is a hot shower evil evil people so here's the thing about combat all right video games are not accurate movies are not accurate um, Saving Private Ryan is probably one of the best I was going to ask you that uh, that beach yeah, scene for those twenty minutes what did you think of that that's probably one of the best cinematic scenes that are out there if you don't know this. The actual people who filmed Saving Private Ryan were brought in by the Marine Corps, and they're used for our pre-deployment training that was at a place called CAX or Mojave Viper, whatever the hell it's called now. Uh, that's at Camp Wilson, which is just right across the way from 29 Palms in California. And it's in the Mojave Desert, so it's either hot as hell or cold and freezing, and we have Mount Towns, so it's a, a a mock town where they have hundreds of actors, and sometimes it's actual people from the Middle East. A lot of times it, it's uh, former military servicemen, and they'll be speaking multiple different dialects of Arabic or Farsi or Darcy, uh, and we would have to mingle with them. We would have to communicate with them. We would go on missions in these giant Mount Towns, and we would have to fight these people in simulated uh, uh, gunfights. And, you know, what What? What ended up being really cool is they have something, I believe at the time that we were there, it was called like the murder house or the artillery house. I couldn't remember it. Uh, but I have never had so much fake blood sprayed all over me like at this place. Um, one of the guys that was a, a actual character and Saving Private Ryan, whenever I was going through this, I think back in 07, uh, he was actually there playing as a role player for us. He's a double amputee. And so more or less what it is is you go through a simulated training where you're having to go in and apply medical aid to people who have had traumatic injuries, loss of limb, uh, and you know severe lacerations, gunshot wounds. And so... With this, <laughs> with this guy, he's a double amputee, so they have uh, simulated artillery rounds, and if you've ever been in the military, you know what the the arty rounds sound like. And so they would they throw like five or six of them, they'd all explode, and then they tell you get in there, you got casualties, and these guys and gals are screaming and hollering. They're all actors, uh, screaming and hollering at the top of their lungs. One of them was a female; she was missing her arm below. 
uh, the elbow, so they made it look all charred and gnarly. And then there was another guy who was missing his arm. Another guy is missing one leg. Then this guy, he's missing both of his legs. And so <laughs> what was funny is they they, they rig up this uh, fake arteries, the fake femoral arteries that is on like a little pump. And every time he leans back, it pumps out blood and it shoots it like an arc. All right. And it's fake blood. It's corn syrup and, and whatever. But man, every time you would be hollering, I need this, I need this, I need a tourniquet here, I need teed time and date, I need to call in a Kazi back, uh, this guy would like aim his little nubby legs and squirt that fake blood right in your eyes, right in your <laughs> mouth. And we had guys, Dave, that were just freaking out, like, oh my God, I got this dude's blood all over me. Uh, but once again, this is training. It's training because... Should you ever get into um, the unfortunate incident where someone within your own platoon has now lost a limb and needs a tourniquet applied to them, you ha can at least recall in your memory that you've been through intense training to simulate to the best of their ability what this will look like. Now, it will never stand up to real life because in your mind you're playing the game all right here's something that people don't talk about playing the game in the military and also in law enforcement when we're doing training when we're doing active shooter training something i teach when we're doing use of force training also something that i teach uh when we're doing force on force or we're doing uh you know like uh grappling combatives we know that we're going to be safe. No one's going to get hurt. This is all training, so it's make-believe. And the best way to apply that type of training is to always treat it like if it's real, but it never stands up to the real thing because real violence and real combat is almost always when you're not expecting it or you get that spidey sense feeling and everybody goes, today's the day. We're getting into a firefight today. We're getting an IED today. We're going to see a suicide bomber today. We're going to watch two tribes have a Star Wars fight at night today. And, you know, training cannot, training cannot top that. Training cannot replicate what the cartel will eventually bring to Border Patrol. Training cannot um, stand up to an active shooter at a school and you're the responding parent, let alone the responding yeah. officer. You know, Doug, I want to interject something here, too, because it comes down to the the type of training here. You know, I learned this towards the end of my college coaching career in basketball. Um, you can drill, 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 and do it perfectly, and it doesn't carry over to the game. And I suspect this is what you're referencing here with regard to combat. So what a lot of people have done, and actually uh, the Canadians really kind of set the tone for this in coaching basketball, they started playing what was called small-sided games where they would isolate a certain aspect of the game and turn it into a game within the game. So that would carry over to the game because they've done each sequential part with pressure. And, and, and I've heard, actually from a couple of my military sources you know of, that there is a call right now to restructure boot camp training along those lines. Are you aware of that? Yeah, there's actually a... Uh... 
there's actually a recommendation right now within the Army. And I have a friend of mine who's former Special Operations. He was uh, my assistant team leader when I was the team leader um, while working in DHS for our uh, special response team. Um, he was my right-hand man. And he's a former Army Ranger cat, three deployments to Afghanistan, you know, hardline killer. And even to this day, he will tell you that the military has changed. It's not as rough and tough as whenever he was in. And, you know, I, I think I'm six years his elder, but still, you know, things have changed drastically. When I was in, they would beat the hell out of you because it was legal. We could do it to each other and nobody cared. Everybody had tattoos everywhere. All of my senior Marines had tattoos all over them. Now we have tattoo policies and we have gender policies. And now in special operations and in special forces, they are trying to dumb it down and they're trying to, uh, instead of hone the blade, they're trying to dole the blade. That is the tip of the spear of the United States military, our special operations community. And my hats off and my thank you goes out to every man that is in special operations from the Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, and the Army. My hat's off to you boys because you are the alpha males of alpha males. You had to kick your ass to get in shape and you go on the most dangerous missions in the world and thank you for serving our country and keeping us safe. And to every other man and woman that is working within our service or a veteran, thank you very much for serving our country. But let me tell you something. Things have changed. Now, the U.S. military is officially in a weakened status. What does weakened status mean? Let me tell you in my mind. A weakened status is not just the fact that we have been depleted as a military. It's not just the fact that we can't recruit anybody. But it's also the fact that we are ejecting people because they refuse to take a vaccine. We are ejecting people because of, um, gosh, how else would you say it, um, racial profiling. Um, and, and that's across the board, racial profiling. So, you know, it doesn't make sense when you have a commander in chief who's walking around acting like he's Teddy Roosevelt swinging the biggest stick, but yet he has the smallest stick. You know, back in the day, Dave, World War One, World War Two, we had an awesome military. Even now, we have an awesome military, but we are a much smaller, tighter military. Um, we are a much more technologically uh, capable military, but you know what we're, it, it, to me, it seems like we're really lacking right now. And I blame this administration and I'm going to use a, a bit of an analogy here, but go with me. History will recollect that the thing that made the phalanx strategy within the Greek hoplite warfare uh, their tactics, the phalanx, the, the interlocking of shields. What made that uh, shield wall formation the most advanced technique within military arts for hundreds of years was not so much the formation, was not so much the spear or the sword, 
and it wasn't even the manpower. What made the phalanx so strong was the glue. The only way you get that glue is by training with your mates, by training with your battle buddies, by training with your brothers, bleeding with them, sweating with them, living with them day in and day out, going through their their happiness and their depression with them, watching some have kids, watching some die in your arms. That is the only way you create that glue that keeps the phalanx together, that keeps them step by step moving forward as an impenetrable monster. That is what we had for dozens and dozens of years, for decades. The United States military had that glue because for decades, sorry if I'm raising my voice, but for decades, Americans act like Americans. We bled together. We went to church together. We went to school together. All right, there was Republican and there was Democrat, but there wasn't too much of a difference back then. Everybody went through the same crap together. Everybody went through the same wars together. But there wasn't such a dynamic of differences. And this dynamics, this this dynamic of differences, of opinions, of genders, of equality, of I'm right and you're wrong, and and you know, the 20 different sects of Republican and, and Democrat. They have divided us so much that the glue is hanging together by fibers now. And our military is not fractured because of the lack of technology. We're the most technologically advanced military in the world. Our military is not fractured because there's a lack of the fighting spirit. If and when we do get into combat, we always have the most effective military spirit, esprit de corps, that shows up. And I think that's because of our history as being a very combative nation, a nation that has always been at war. But instead, let me tell you something, Dave. This is something every man and woman civilian is going to find themselves one day if we ever enter that hypothetical World War III uh, Red Dawn scenario. You're not going to trust people just because you met them and you're both shooting at the enemy. That may only be because of convenience for the situation. But in the military, you would think because of the training, because of the esprit de corps, because of the honor, courage, commitment, that we would all be entrusting each other as brothers, as brethren. That's what we call ourselves anyways. But now we're so fractured because of politics. We're so fractured because of the extreme wokeism within our military higher-ups and, and the higher-ranking guys that we, I would say, in the military, and to include law enforcement, which is your interior security force, uh, we are so divided that the moment something bad happens in this country, I almost immediately see America being broken up into dozen of thief, dozen different fiefdoms, based off of gender equality, racism, based off of uh, ethnos, based off based off of uh, you know geolocation, which that should be common geolocation. Uh, but you know, hey, did you vote for Trump? Yes. Okay, you're over here with those guys. Were you at January sixth? Yes. All right. Well, you're over there with those guys now. You're the extreme of the extremes. 
You know who's saying that? Your boss, the president, your joint chiefs of staff. Your joint chiefs of staff and the commander-in-chief are calling their own servicemen cowards, traitors. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I can't seditionists. Stand. I can't stand it. I just want to slap them upside the head. Um, the bottom line is with all this is this. I want to bring you to this question. I know about the wokeism. I know about the wimpification of the training. I know all about this stuff. I know how we reverse course. But is it intentional? Is Millie, is Biden conspiring to weaken the military so China and Russia can conquer us? I absolutely believe that. And you know I'm not a bullshitter. You know I'm not a guy who's going to take stuff and hyperinflate things. Um, I... I, I don't see any other reason as to why our military has become so destabilized. And let me – can I speak on that for just a second? Yeah. For all of Millie and Joe Biden's accomplishments, which Joe Biden, your, accompl your accomplishments are very, very small. But hey, you made it to president, right? But for all of your accomplishments, sirs, and your seniority, your behavior is unacceptable as an American. You are unstable mentally. Worse, you are destabilizing. You both have become a catalyst for dissent amongst our ranks, and the harder you react towards the infractions of others who disagree with you, the more resentment you will get for not having a fraternal understanding of that need for camaraderie. And until we get people that are within the ranks of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Vice President and President, who all agree, who can all say we should protect America's assets and most especially Americans, leftist, right-wing, black, white, Hispanic, uh, Asian, who cares? They're Americans. And our American interests, our American infrastructure, our American monetary system is all being depleted along with our American military. So you know what's not going to happen? We're not going to have an America the moment the dragon from the east rises, or the bear from the north wakes up. We won't be there for that call. One day, Dave, Israel is going to lean upon whatever is left of her allies, and America will have a choice to rise to that call or to not. And with the type of people that we have that are in our administration right now, they are more than willing to let the apple of God's eye burn. You know what that makes us? Enemies of God. You know, it's interesting. I heard uh, Jason Whitlock. He left uh, ESPN, as you know, and uh, Fox Sports because uh, he couldn't stand the wokeness. But he was talking yep. about 
not military, but along the lines of what you're talking about, about not being dutiful to the flag, to the government, to the Constitution. And he said, he said, ultimately, he said, these people represent Satan. He said this yeah. on Fox News when he was interviewed. He said, they're attacking God. And he was talking yep. about the incessant racism uh, claims and allegations. And he's exactly right. They're attacking God. These are these are Satanists that oppose us. Yeah, I mean, there's in, in my mind, there's no other excuse for it. There's no excuse for the reprehensible behavior. Look, look in Plano, Texas. OK, I covered this today on my show, but in Plano, Texas, uh, right next to Richardson, Texas, north of Dallas, uh, I've served a few warrants up there. It's one of the richest suburbs in Texas. And you know what they have right now? It's like every third Saturday at whatever freaking restaurant this is. You have drag time horror hour, not story time hour, horror hour. You have a bunch of men who dress as women, ugly women, by the way. And then they go out and they get in whatever scandalous outfits they pick for the day. And they parade themselves in the most despicable, sexually graphic way in front of elderly people who come to this show. By the way, if you didn't know this, it's about $200 a ticket to be a show. To watch that perversion? Are you kidding me? I'm not joking you. And they bring their children. The last See, one that should be grounds yeah. to take your child away right there. Well, well just listen, just listen to this. This last one was so egregious, finally, that our attorney general of Texas, Ken Paxton, said, I'm going to sue the hell out of whoever this is because it was a guy flashing his junk while wearing women's underwear in front of a five-year-old girl and gyrating in front of oh, her. Yeah, I know. Listen, listen, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my uh, my morality to the side for a second, and I, I'm I'm going to say this as bluntly as possible. People who prey upon children for entertainment's sake, okay, need to be disposed of in our community. There is no place on earth. For men who want to prey upon children or women, the most precious thing that we have in our future is our future, and that is to be given to our children. And if we're going to give our children a reprobate nation, if we're going to agree to lock hands with Satan himself and to march our future straight to hell because they will pay for our sins— then what are we going to do about it, church? What are we going to do about well, it, pastors of America? These 501c3 pastors won't do anything, Doug. I don't know if you Listen, can, I'm, go ahead. I, I'm, sick, I'm sick and tired. Uh, at least we have a few good ones out there, right? I'm not going to uh, talk trash on every pastor that's out there. It's not what I'm here for. Doug, it's most. It's most. They're protecting I, their vibe. I know, but— There was but, Brittany Mayer within, who's within, fighting against these perverts Plano. in San Diego. She's fighting against these drag shows at her kids' elementary school— She's been on Fox a couple of times, and she said the same thing Jason Wetlock said. Um, we've forsaken God. These people represent evil. They represent Satan. This is what we're against. And I'll tell you, you've talked about the children. I'll tell you where they're going to end up. 
they're going to end up with the biblical millstone around their necks as they descend into hell. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and listen, guys, I, I don't know how any, I don't know an easier way to say this. I'm not a pastor. <laughs> God forbid. I'm not a pastor. I am not a deacon. I am not a church elder. I am just a, a son of God. Okay. A follower of Christ. But I will say this, that at one point in time, Christians are going to have to fight back. Eventually. I mean, could you imagine? Flip this the other way. Could you imagine if you had these degenerate men dressing up in the, the hijabs and, and the, uh, and the burqas and going to the mosque and gyrating in front of, uh, the children uh, of the, of the, the Muslim men. Do you know what they would do? Be some amputations they would going cut on, these yeah. people. They would be cutting these people apart. Yeah. I've seen them do it. I've seen what they do to the LGBTQRS pervert pedophilia ring. We know what they do. But in America, Christians allow it to happen because, well, everyone has equal rights. Unless you voted for Donald Trump. Unless you're a Republican. Unless you believe in Christ and you're against abortion. Hello, FBI. Hope you're writing and taking notes. This will not stand. And this is the thing that, that I fear. I fear a living God who is vengeful, who is jealous, who protects the little children, and who will send conquerors to this reprobate nation, if anything, to drag us back in line to see if there's at least a few of us that are worth saving. But people worry about combat. You have a bunch of, and, and you know, I'll pick on the preppers here for a second, which I am myself. All right. But within our own prepper community, there's a difference, I think, by being prepared and <laughs> being a paranoid schizophrenic. But for all of those of you who, you, know, you buy your 20 rifles and all the cool guy gear. You never train with it. You have no tactical training. You have no medical training. And that has nothing to do with being in law enforcement. That has nothing to do with being in the military. You can go out and get that training, but you refuse to. The day combat happens, you're going to regret that. Seen it, been there, done that. So that's my warning to people who think that this is make-believe, that this is Call of Duty playing video games. 17 seconds is a standard that we would train to to, to apply a tourniquet onto uh, the leg for a femoral artery. All right, so whenever you have a cut femoral artery or a shot leg that also um, separates the femoral artery, there was a training uh example that we would do in, in DHS on the special operations team that I was on. And we trained to 17 seconds because that was the newest time limit for how fast the blood can drain out of your body. And you know what happens then you die, you're dead. And if you can't train to that 17 seconds and you do get shot in the femoral artery, well, you're gone. You don't get to start the game over. It's done with. 
And then whoever you left behind suffers because they don't have you there anymore. So that's why we take training seriously. And listen, I'll, I'll, I don't want to toot my horn for a second, but I'm giving out training. It'll be starting November 11th, 12th, or 13th at ready-made resources and Teleco Plains for $600 for three 12 hour days yeah, that's, of training that's in Tennessee, right? Yeah. In Tennessee, mm-hmm. Dave, one day worth of this training for most guys is $900 to a thousand dollars. I'm doing for $600. So it's $200 a day. You know why? Because I don't want to get rich. I don't care for that. God will take care of me. That's, that is my mindset. I have to believe that. But I know that the infrastructure for families to get to these places is hard. I know that you have to sacrifice time off to get there. And I know that with a dying economy, you need to spend the money for survival, for bills, for food. So I put on a a three-day course to teach you how to survive an active shooter, which means an active robbery, an active shooter, an act in terrorism, someone burglarizing you. Somebody who is uh, breaking into your home. The application is endless. What happens when prophecy actually hits the fan? You will learn how to survive in my three-day course. I promise you, you will learn how to survive. I will teach it. However, not many people will come. And I will say because either people are complacent or they don't have the money right now. And for those of you who are complacent, you know what, whatever. But for people who actually don't have the money to go out and get training by me or by other professionals, that is to be blamed by the economy and by this president. So this president doesn't just hurt the military. It hurts regular everyday people who are trying to get trained to protect their families. You know, it's there's a cascading event. Oh, by the way, now that our now that our military is officially in the weakened status, do you know it grew a little bit longer? The fangs in our enemies. Well, we've emboldened we them. Be- but see, you have to understand. We're being set up. Our commander failure. in chief is being blackballed by Ukraine. They're being black, excuse me, blackmailed, and they're being blackmailed by China. That's why we're he's. Absolutely. That's why he's doing what he's doing. Millie probably being paid a, a king's fortune to do what he's doing. I couldn't believe when he was questioned on the withdrawal from uh, Afghanistan and the, the subject shifted to China, and he says, ah, we wouldn't attack China without telling my counterpart first. Well, well, one of the greatest military threats that we've had yet that was paid like a king was Fauci. Oh, yeah. You know, don't dare say anything about Fauci the saint Look, he he, he owns the science, remember? We are eventually going to be taken off the air because we refuse to kowtow. We refuse to bow down. We refuse to put on kit gloves and we speak the truth as God commands us to. And hopefully people will wake up or we're going to keep saying it and we're going to start a freaking a modern day revolution in this country where people will fight back against the system. That doesn't mean go and burn down the white house. That doesn't mean go and burn down, uh, buildings like the leftists do who are in charge. That means to peacefully protest and to take back by votes. And and if it doesn't work from that point, 
then things will happen the way they happen, as every revolution does. I don't want to see a civil war, but I do see it coming. Yeah, I, I just said the same thing on my show today. Absolutely, I'm not. I'm praying for peace because I'm a Christian, but I know history and I know the direction this is going. And the other side is satanically motivated. They are not going to peacefully relinquish power. We will not have a choice but to fight. They'll put us in that position. John Locke, who wrote the second treatise on government, said that whenever the legislators endeavor to take away and destroy the property of the people or to reduce them to slavery under arbitrary power, they put themselves into a state of war with the people. They put themselves into a state of war with the people. We didn't do this. And these people who are thereupon absolved from any further obedience and are left to the common refuge, which God hath provided for all men against force and violence. So you know what that does? That ends up turning the average day American who just wants to go to work, wants to come home and be with his family and occasionally go on a vacation, it forces those people into rebellion. And then from there, rebellion splits off, and you know this, Dave, it splits off into 20 different angles. Yeah. You'll have people of 20 different interests, and then the actual compassion for the rebellion gets lost in the interest. Right? You'll have people who are terrorism or who are terrorists. You'll have people who are angry at the government, angry at this official, angry at this state, angry about these laws or this policy, and then dies the rebellion. See, at least whenever we rebelled against England, we were a unified country in the reason why we rebelled. It took a long time. States had to negotiate with each other. We had to convene a Congress. And we almost completely threw out the entire thing, baby, with the bathwater, right? But it took an event like Lexington and Concord to really solidify the right for the American to rebel. And I think the day that we forget our history, the day we forget our esprit de corps as Americans, and once again, this is another thing that I hate to see, when you have people that are within the uh, law enforcement and military community who like try to separate themselves from the average day-by-day -day citizen thinking that they are superior, you create animosity amongst the ranks, and that doesn't help. So the fact that the solidification of Americans across the board, it doesn't matter your occupation, you're American first, right? So that is what drove them to being part of the glue that stuck the rebellious forces of America together. We had a unified command. We had a singular enemy, which was the crown. All right, and just like in the great movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson. The problem now is that we traded one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away. Now you have a plethora of enemies, and you have a smorgasbord of people you don't know whether to trust or to align yourself with. So effectively, we have destroyed the glue that holds the failings together, which is the Minutemen militia, which is the military, 
which is law enforcement. We have effectively killed that. Well, I agree, but you know, a lot of people think too, and you're bringing it right into the election. I think without meaning to, but it's not enough to sweep the Democrats out. I called eight months ago for the removal of all Republicans in the primary because most yep. of them can't be trusted. And when the election is over, if the Democrats don't cheat enough to win, and the Republicans control both houses. Then we have to go to work on the Republicans. We need to put pressure on them. We need to recall a couple of them. You'll only have to recall one of them, like Mitch McConnell. If he got his ass recalled from office, the rest of them would start to fall in the line because they want to keep drinking from the same gravy train. So it's not an easy process. Uh, we've only got about two minutes left, but I wanted to, to ask you a couple questions. With, we can't have a lot of elaboration, though. Uh, should people get trained militarily right now because of the threat of what's coming? No, I think people should just be trained. Um, I, I do not agree with the militia movements that are happening across the country because I think uh, – I, I do believe in militias because the Second Amendment says it. But I do not believe people's heads are where they should be, and I think militias across the board have been completely infiltrated – and because of that, should not be trusted, my own personal opinion. I think what you should be is you should learn to be an asset. You should be an asset and not a liability. Get proper training. Learn proper gun safety. Learn basic mar- basic marksmanship. You can get with some vet buddies or <clears throat> you can come to guys like me and get a little bit of tactical training. That doesn't mean you're going to be a door kicker and a special operations guy right afterwards. This all comes through training and training and hours of training. Dave, I've got 15 years worth of training, and I can tell you right now, I have a ton to learn. I And I can always learn more. I could always train more. But if you don't train, if you don't get outside and physically train your body and harden your body, you aren't going to be any good to anybody. If you don't know the basic fundamentals of how to work your weapon, which I have seen this happen, if you haven't tested your weapon on the range, you are going to be a liability, period. And I don't care how wealthy you are. Your money cannot buy skills when it's needed in a split second, period. Yeah, good point. Excellent point, Doug. Uh, tell people how to listen to your individual work. Well, uh, for now, you can listen to <laughs> the American. <laughs> I'm going to get canceled so bad. You can listen to the American Vindicta Show uh, at gsradio.net. They are the mother station of uh, the American Vindicta Show. Uh, also, Heroes Nation. Um, you can also find me on YouTube for now. Uh, Rumble, thank you for not uh, censoring me. Also, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Prime, or Audible for those podcasts. And if you go to the first page on the AmericanVindictorsShow.com, you can find all the other various uh, podcast systems where I'm at. If you would like to donate, there's a donate section on there. Uh, I literally make the least amount of money possible to be able to run this operation. <laughs> so I'm always willing for God to send a little my way. But hey, listen to me. Yeah. In all honesty, be safe with what you're doing, yeah. buy good gear, not cheap gear, and get the training. we got to scoot. But don't forget about the Doug and Dave TV show, uh, Doug and Dave Intel Report on the Common right. Show.tv. I'll get that out. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're over time. we got to run. Thanks so much for Doug for sharing these combat experiences because soon they could become our experiences. We'll see you back here next time. God bless.